Welcome to the Best Ever You Network, celebrating our third year on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. Thank you for helping us become a number one rated live show with over one million global listeners. Our team is on a mission to help you discover your authentic best self and bring it to the world. And now, here's our show. And boy, have we got a cool guest for you guys tonight that we are bringing to this world even more. We just love him. We have Coach Robert Cagle with us tonight, and we're going to bring him on in a minute. But hello, everybody. It's Sunday night, and I'm Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, one of the co-hosts of this show, the Best Ever You Show, and um, our other co-host. He's in California. I'm in Maine. Dr. Walter Jacobson, how are you? Hey, Elizabeth. Doing great, thanks. Great. I'm I'm so happy that you're here with us. We don't normally do Sunday night shows, but um, when we have shows that pertain to kids, um, teens or young adults, these are real good nights to do that so the kids can listen and they don't miss it because they're in school on, on the Tuesdays and Thursdays that we do the show. Um, hey, why, why you're... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, While you're mentioning that, uh, I saw that you started a, uh, a Best Ever You Teens uh, community. Yeah, I did. You know, I started that. a couple, You know, I, I have ideas every once in a while, and I'll yeah. start them, and I'll kind of let them be a little bit until I figure out what I'm going to do with it. But I started it a couple years ago, actually. And um, I kind of, again, like let it be. And I think it's it's time is here now. And so I think we're going to do some more things with that because, you know, somebody wrote in on that and said, I'm sharing this with everybody because I believe the children are our future. And I that's what I think, too. And that's one of the reasons why we have this guest with us tonight. Don't you think, Dr. Walter? Oh, absolutely. That's really cool. Great. Yeah, I know. Um, well, before we get started, I want to um, – well, what do I want to do? I want to mention National Scouting Report is what I really want to do and just really chat a little bit about what that is. Um, I'm not going to chat about it, though. Coach Robert Cagle is going to chat about it and tell us what National Scouting Report is. And I'm just going to kind of tell you what the website is. It's nsr-inc.com, or on Twitter it's at nsrnow. N-O-W. So, Coach Cagle, how are you tonight? Thank you for joining us. Elizabeth, Walter Jacobson, Dr. Jacobson, thanks so much for having me on. I'm doing great. I'm probably a little warmer in Alabama than you are in Maine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's icy here. It, it's not even I'm going to snow tomorrow. <sighs> so, oh, well. how are you? You're warm. I'm doing and... well. I'm, I, we're warm. We're excited. We, we, we're, we're part of the you know, National Scouting Report is 34 years, and we're entering our 35th year this year. And uh, Elizabeth, we're, we're, we're the world's oldest and largest scouting recruiting organization. Probably one of the best well-kept secrets in the world, really, about helping high school kids get to college, play athletics uh, on scholarship, and to get academic scholarships. And and the goal for us is is that we we've been doing that so long. It you know we we. We uh, it's real easy to stand on a on a hillside and you want to beat your chest about being the oldest and the best and the most respected. You know we we our guys spend so much time in the field. We have about 150 scouts nationwide, and of course we're in about six countries as well. And but we spend so much of our time communicating with college coaches directly on behalf of our kids. You know, and and I think you've even experienced some of that. You know, your your son is is a you're part of the NSR family individually. You yourself are. Your son is is a baseball kid with us and. And works with Brendan Kennedy up on the up on the East Coast, and my personal children are NSR children. Uh, we've seen the, the success of, of what scholarships get. Uh, you know, my own son had, had 
you know, $1.3 million of scholarship offers athletically and academically has results in the National Scouting Report. So we've been around a long time, and, and what's unique about us is that most of the guys that we have and girls that are scouts in the field have been doing it in some fashion in and around the sports world for a long time. we got we got a bunch of former NFL guys that are part of our organization. we got Major League Baseball guys that are that are part of NSR. we got guys, of us, those of us that played it collegially at the highest level you can and coached it there. And we got former high school coaches, club and travel coaches. You know, we got people that are passionate about helping kids and, and really love the rewarding part of, of finding young athletes, helping them go through the recruiting process and get the best opportunities that are afforded to them by those colleges. And that's kind of a background of who we are. Not everybody qualifies. We, that's the reason we have scouts. Um, our scouts literally go out and, and evaluate kids, evaluate film, and, and we determine who we want to work with, um, like college coaches do. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, there are some organizations in the country that do this type of thing, and and they'll send a bunch of emails out. They'll tell kids and make promises to kids about certain things. And if we haven't evaluated you and we haven't seen you play, how in the world can you know if a kid can play if you haven't evaluated them by film or in person or sat down with a family? So that's what we're about. We're about that perfect touch, understanding what coaches are looking for because we're communicating with them. And that's we've been doing it a long time. And, you know, 96, 97% of the kids that we choose to work with are going to get multiple scholarship offers. Um, and, and, you know, we want, we're happy about that. Not because it, it boasts, but not because we're trying to boast, but really because it, 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 it provides such a great opportunity for these young people. And it changes their lives. Um, hey, I yeah, wanted to ask you. Yeah, actually, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, no, we're both all like it. Sure does. You jump I, right uh, in on that because it's like it changed lives and everybody does. The world lights up. I mean, it definitely changes lives. But what were you going to say, Doctor Walter? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, Robert. Like, uh, so how how early do you start working with these kids or start scouting to to see if they've got uh, what it takes? Doctor, well, it, you know, it just take it really is sport specific, and and you know that's some of the things we'll talk about a little bit tonight in the football world because I know tonight, for those of you who may not be aware of it, you know, we're tomorrow night there is a kind of a, a big football game going on in in in, in the football world in college. You know, just a little some some little school named Ohio State and some little school named Oregon are going to play each other for for this little thing called a national championship and. Um, you know, if you don't think that people get fired up about college football in the United States, let me tell you, people get excited about college football. You know, and of course, I live in the South where uh, we breathe, eat, and sleep football in the South. And, uh, you know, for the first time in 10 years, there's not a Southeastern Conference team playing uh, for a national championship. And so, you know, hey, we got to get back there to the top with that, with that group. But what a great deal this is. And then last night, what people don't realize is last night or yesterday afternoon, the FCS Division One Championship was played, which is the Division One level of, of schools that are just a little bit smaller than the the Oregon's and the and the Syracuse's and the Rutgers and the Penn States and the Ohio States and and Alabama's of the world. And those schools are still Division One schools, and they played for a championship yesterday. And, and North Dakota State and Illinois State played each other in Frisco, Texas, and uh, um, North Dakota State won it for the fourth time in a row. So they're, they're creating a dynasty out there. Now, Dr. Jacobs, answer your question. It depends on the sport. And that's the reason it's so critical for us to get involved. Parents don't realize what's going on in the recruiting world. They've got so much misinformation that's given to them from not, not people intentionally doing it, but 
you know, high school coaches and travel ball coaches are, are they're great people. They're changing kids' lives in the classroom. They're, they're training them and coaching them. But it's kind of like this, and you can you can appreciate what I'm about to say. Um, if a if a person needs needs medical attention, they've got a broken arm. I know my child had a broken arm years ago. Um, I didn't take him to a mechanic. The best mechanic in the world is not qualified to to correct my my kid's broken arm. I need to take him to an orthopedic, probably a pediatric orthopedic, to fix that arm. Mm-hmm. If someone needs mental health, if someone's having uh, mental emotional issues, we don't need them to go see a dentist. We need them to go see a health care provider, a professional that's trained in that field. Mm-hmm. Same thing in recruiting. If you need somebody to, to make sure this gets the best opportunities, are you going? You know, or do you need to put your hand, put your kids' hands in the in the hand of a of a great history teacher that's also a, a football coach, or a great PE teacher that's also a wonderful softball coach, or a banker or an insurance guy that's coaching travel ball with their with their kids over the weekends? I mean, those are very those are those guys' expertise, not recruiting, and so that's where we live in now. Softball, volleyball, some of the women's sports. I know we're going to talk about football tonight, but those sports, if we have listeners of, of, of kids uh, and, and adults of children, uh, parents of children that play those sports, folks, Division One schools, listen to me now, Division One, the largest Division One softball programs in the country, they've already offered more than three-quarters of their 2018 money. That's freshmen in high school right now. They've already offered that scholarship money out. So that means they were recruiting those kids and actually evaluating them when they were seventh and eighth grade, those girls. I don't like that. It's just the nature of the business that, that those guys are in now. Football's different. Um, you got to get on the radar uh, when those kids. It's a skilled position. Skilled position being a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a defensive back, uh, someone that's going to touch the ball and have a skill set that's really drilled around speed and, and uh, technique. That kid probably has to pop up on the radar for a coach sometime between his freshman and sophomore year, sophomore year to junior year, rock solid, at the largest Division One level. And then we're going to get into some of that in a little while with some of the questions I think that, we may, that may come up. But it really depends on the sport. Football, you know, you can't wait till your senior year to get started. You can't really wait till after your junior year to get started. My son was receiving questionnaires and, and, and having conversations with college coaches as, as early as his ninth grade year. And uh, it, it's, it's just the nature of the game now. Coach Cagle, if you've got a little a little kiddo, let's just say for all your parents out there listening, and you know, um, let's just give it a, a age, give him or her an age eight, nine, ten or so, and they say, "Mom, Dad, when I grow up, I really want to be an NFL player, an MLB player, a, a pro soccer player, a this or that." Should parents pay attention to that, and in what way? Well. You're asking the wrong. You probably asked it well. You may be asking the right guy, but I'm going to give you my answer for that, and Good. because that answer, it's a that, that question, question is asking me a lot. You know, yeah. that's asking me a lot. And here's here's why. There, there are. Let's talk about statistics just for a minute. At the end of the day, four and a half to five percent of the kids that play high school athletics, travel ball, club ball, in other words, kids that are high school age. Less than five percent of those kids are going to get an opportunity to play their sport in college. Less than five percent. Less than five percent of those kids are going to get a chance to play collegiately on scholarship. 
Now, now I'm, there are people listening to the show tonight that will listen to the show when it, when it, they download it. They're going to go want to go fact check that, and that's fine. You go to the NCAA website, you fact check it, you start looking at different sports, and, and they're going to have different numbers. But the bottom line is it's about 5% or less. 1% of the people, 1% of those kids will get a chance to play at the Division One level, and only one-half of 1% We'll get a chance to play at the largest Division One level, which will now be will start now now start calling the Power Five conferences as they develop this next year. So when you start talking about kids that want to play professionally, here's my advice: first of all, mom and dad, is it your goal, or your dream, or is it your child's dream? Are you living vicariously through your children because you didn't get that opportunity in your life, or is it truly something they want to do? My son never put on a set of shoulder pads until he was in the seventh grade. I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't let him. He played baseball, played basketball, played a little soccer when he was younger because it was fun. At a young age, I think the most important thing we can do for our kids is let them have fun. Now, make no mistake, um, if, if winning wasn't important, we wouldn't keep score. But we have to teach people how to win with character and integrity, and we have to teach people how to lose with character and integrity. That's part of growing up in life. Not everybody in life is going to get a trophy when they're 25. So we have to we have to learn through the process. And so I think for our young people, they want to play. Yes, if a kid wants to play, let them love the game. Give them the tools. Give them the instruction. Give them the the time that they need to develop into something. But don't put the pressure on them to do it. Just give them the support they need. And that's part of that's part of the process. We see a lot of parents that are spending a lot of money. Uh, I'm going to use golf as an example. Well, they're getting golf lessons for the kid when they're eight. They're getting golf lessons for the kid when they're ten. Well, that's great. But for every half inch that kid grows, guess what happens to that kid's golf swing? It changes. You're more lessons, aren't you? <laughs> it, it, they're going to have to, exactly. So my point <laughs> is, there's a time and a place for a lot of the things that parents are wanting to do. And every sport's a little different. But when they're young, prior to middle school, let them, let them enjoy it. Have fun. Get, get them used to the understanding of, of that you put hard work in for victory. And sometimes, you know what, you put hard work in and you lose. But we need to have sportsmanship, character, integrity, and all those kind of things that come with it. And it's our job as parents and coaches to make sure that we teach our kids the right way to win and also the correct way to lose. Because at the end of the day, not everybody's going to get a trophy. And well, that, we got to that, teach them that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, the, the the ethics uh, that you're that you're talking about here is really obviously an essential part of the game. Sportsmanship is really important. Um, but I want to ask you something. Let's say we got a kid. He's in it for himself. He wants to do it. He's a, maybe he's a freshman or a sophomore in high school. What do you tell him? The coach, the football coaches are looking for. You know, the, the college coaches are looking for a couple different things. Uh, here's what those guys are, are really, really. Uh, Here's what they're looking for. They're looking for academics first. If a kid if a kid doesn't have the academics, they can't play. There's an NCAA, there's a thing called the NCAA Eligibility Center. Back in my day, and I've got gray hair now, but it was called the the, the clearinghouse back in the day. But now, uh, about three or four years ago, well, about five years ago, I guess, the NCAA uh, clearinghouse all came under the umbrella. Uh, all that came under the umbrella of one location on the NCAA, and now it's it's called an eligibility center. In order for a young person, male or female, to play 
a championship sport in, in college on scholarship, they have to go through the NCAA Eligibility Center, and so they have to clear that process, which means they have to have a certain uh, a certain set of academic criteria that's met. So they're going to have to be a certain grade point average and a certain ACT or SAT score that's on a sliding scale to match that. In other words, the higher the ACT score is, the lower the GPA needs to be, or the higher the SAT score, the, the lower the, the GPA needs to be to qualify by NCAA standards. So coach is the very first thing that every coach that I talk to, and I talk to them daily and weekly. The first question is, does he or she qualify? Does that young man that's playing strong safety that's five foot ten, 195 pounds, that runs a four four seven forty? Everybody knows he's got great athleticism, but the question is, does he have the grades? So grades are important. So that's the very first thing they're going to ask for. Here's the second thing, Doctor Jason. This goes in. This goes hand in hand with that with that sportsmanship thing we talked about just a minute ago. Does the kid have character and integrity? And, and nowadays, what's the definition of character and integrity? Well, some coaches have different ideas, but here's the bottom line. Is the kid in trouble at school? Is the kid uh, a showboat? Is he all about himself? Is he trying to draw attention to himself? Uh, to himself? Is he trying to take attention away from teammates? Is he a problem to coach? Uh, is he a problem at home? Uh, is he involved in his community? Is he involved in church? Is he involved in community efforts uh, abroad, inside the, the, not only locally, but maybe? In other words, what's the kid made of? Is he, is he a troublemaker or is he a great kid? Does he have great grades and is he a great kid? Because you know what? The media has proven to us over the last few years, you do one, two, or three bad things, it's all over the media. And, they, and, they, and they're relentless on these kids. So they're wanting to know, do you have good character, good integrity? They also want to know you're a fit for our program. Do you fit what we're looking for athletically, academically, socially? Do you fit where we are socially? I used to not think that was a big deal until um, I won't name the school, uh, but it's a very successful school that, that almost made it into the uh, uh, into the BCS championship or the FCS championship this year. Um, the coach asked the question to me, does the kid fit us socially? here at this campus. Well, what does that mean? Well, What does that mean? It means, yeah. What it means is, does he live up to the standard of the belief system and character system that we are, in, are putting into our kids so that we're not having to deal with drugs, we're not having to deal with alcohol, we're not having to do with, uh, if it's a male, the demeaning, belittling behavior toward women, or if it's a, if it's a female... Is she living up to a standard of character? It's all about the behavior. That's that's what they're talking about. They're talking about character. So is it a fit for the program? They ask those questions. Fit for the program also means this. Just because a kid can play, let's just take a kid that's 6'2", 280 pounds, or 6'1", 280 pounds center. That sounds like a big human being, okay? And Elizabeth, that's a pretty good-sized young man at 16 years old. You know, 17 years old, six foot one, 280 pounds. Okay, but he doesn't fit into the box of a program that everybody that they recruit is six four to six six with a wingspan of 
76 or 80 inches or whatever it is they're looking for. So the question is, do they fit the program? And every coach is trying to figure that out. And so they also asked me about family. So Dr. Jacobs said it all kind of boils back to that whole thing earlier about what they were learning from home. These coaches are wanting to know, are the grades good? Does this kid have character integrity? Do they fit our program? Do they have a supportive family? Am I, am I going to have to deal with mom and dad calling me and wanting to know how come little Jimmy's not playing or little Susie's not playing? Uh, or oh. you know, am I going to get the kid and I'm going to have the opportunity just to coach the kid? Because at the, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about the child. It's about the young man. In this instance, we're talking about football, but it's about the young man. So those four things can be a deal maker or it can be a deal breaker for, for a coach, a, a staff, to offer a kid a scholarship. So those are the things they're asking about. Those those are the things that are important to those of those kids. First and foremost, those are the things that are important. Quite a lot, actually, and and you know, I I wonder if everybody's completely aware of that because people might think, oh well, this is all just based on athleticism, and there's there's a lot more that you're talking about than 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 being you know six four six six and and the, you know the wingspan and the the ability. That can all be there, but these other, what you're saying is all these other things have to be in place as well. Um, well right? Let's address one other thing while we're on. Yes, yeah. and one other thing that goes into this. Right now, with the social media being the way that it is, Twitter, uh, Instagram, oh, yeah. Snapchat, Facebook, um, all these mediums that we have that these, that these young people have to communicate with each other, guess what? The coaches are on those with them. They're watching every move that you make. They're seeing what kind of things you're posting, what kind of pictures the kids are posting. They're reading what kind of posts, posts the kids are out there commenting about themselves or commenting about other people. And let me tell you also, they're not impressed with foul language and, and, and pictures that are that are provocative and pictures of of people using alcohol and drugs. And You might not be doing it. The, the kid himself may not be doing it, but he's showing pictures of that stuff. And these, and these kids don't realize that's that's a deal breaker for a lot of coaches. They don't need that kind of baggage in their locker room because it's infectious. It it, it really does cause an infection for the program. And so, yeah. my biggest oh, advice to these young point. people is this: you gotta you gotta stay. If you want the best opportunities, you gotta have great grades, high character. Keep your social media clean. Be a good person. Have high character. And get your family to be involved in with you in a very supportive way. That's important. Yeah, you know, I, I think so, the, the point about social media. So many people in, in all walks of life and all don't realize how they they can be so impulsive and say things and show things that that really are very uh, uh, damaging. Can be very damaging to their reputation and and their work uh, and and the whole deal. So you're pointing out that uh, these kids should pay attention to what they're tweeting and Snapchatting and this and that is really. Wow, that's really good. Are there, I mean, is there any other like key like mistakes that people that these kids can make that could really mess them up? You know, I, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I think also attitude has everything to do with it. Coachability, uh, you know, and that's something that that we pick up on. I know as a high school coach and, and been around uh, in the football world forever. You know, a kid that the kid that can't take coaching can't play for you. Um, because there's going to come a time, no matter how much athletic ability you have, there's going to come a time in a fourth down situation or deep in the fourth quarter when I need you to do a certain thing for me and I've got to coach you to get success. And if you haven't taken that coaching earlier, 
you're probably not going to take it when the line, when all the, the lights on you, and it's a time of moment that we got to do something. And so, coach, kid, kid, they're looking for kids that can that take coaching. So here's my deal. Here's my point uh, on that. Kids, you got to have a great attitude. You got to have a wonderful. You got to have a winner's attitude. You got to be a team person. You got to be all about your hard work early to, to the late room, late leaving, first to practice, last to leave. You got to put in the effort. That's what separates kids out of high school and to get them to college. You know, everybody can accept mediocre. Everybody, everybody wants to be mediocre, right? Of course not. Everybody wants to be the best. Well, then don't do mediocre things expecting to be the best. The best puts extra time in. That means they start with the best attitude. And you always got to have a great attitude, which means you're coachable. You got to be coachable. I, you know, Dr. Walter, as I as I get more and more involved with National Scouting Report and, and various, you know, um, their, their scouts and members of NSR, they're, they all have quotes. <laughs> I just want to keep quoting everybody. So, so um, Coach Cagle, don't be surprised if after the show I put a, a few of your quotes out that you've said, like win and you win and lose with character and integrity, and not everybody gets a trophy, and then what you just said you know, about character and being first to the weight room and last out and all these things that are these nuances that you might not realize that are important and maybe not something you can teach in a way. You can maybe raise awareness, but some people might just be programmed that way and others, you know, may not be, and, and it separates people out. But I wanted to mention this. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about your background also throughout the show. Um, you have been involved with the sports community for over 35 years, and um, boy, you get to interrupt me here, but you could have been a baseball player. You chose football. I don't know. Maybe you went to Ole Miss and got, you know, all these accolades and, you know, you're in the Ole Miss Academic Football Hall of Fame and all these cool things. That is not easy to do, and it's so awesome. Can you can you share with the people listening a little bit about your own journey into the world of college athletics? And well, uh, how you got to be yeah, where you are I'll, now? I'll be glad. I'll be glad to do that. You know, I, 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 baseball was was really. Uh, my wife is listening in the other room. I'm sure live right this moment. <laughs> I that. Baseball. Baseball was my first love. Um, I loved the game. I started playing it when I was five or six years old with older kids. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm a big man, and 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 you know, I'm, I'm six three and a half or six foot four. Now I weigh a lot more than I did back in the day, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but but my point is, is that when you're when you get to be fourteen, fifteen, or sixteen years old, and and, and you know I, I I've learned so much about about how to coach and about how to help people from a lot of the mistakes that I've made. Okay, when I talk about attitude and character and and and, and being unselfish. You know, I had a coach sit me down one time when I was 15 and say, man, you have all the athletic ability in the world, but you got it can't be about you all the time. I needed that. I needed it. I needed somebody. And somebody by the name of Coach Billy Miles said that to me one time. He was the best man at my wedding, by the way, when it was all said and done. My parents had deceased and passed away when I was a freshman in college, but he ended up being the best man at my wedding. And I share that with people to understand that, that we – you go through a journey, and, and you and I love sports, always have. But baseball was my game. Football, because of my size, 
know, in high school, I weighed 290 to 300 pounds, 275 to 300 pounds in high school at six foot three, six foot four. Wow. And I could hit a baseball a mile and a half. It didn't matter if you threw in a curveball, a drop ball, a knuckle out. I could hit it. It's, throw it where you want to. I'm gonna hit it. Try to walk me if you don't get. If you don't get it, if you get anywhere near the plate, I'm gonna reach out and hit it. Well, that's the way I was back then. And when given the opportunity, the decision was made. I'd already signed my national letter of intent with with Ole Miss. You know, here I am. I'm six. The book said six four, but I'm really a little less than six four. But you know, 275 or 80 pounds, and, and had made USA Today top 10 big men in America, and, and as a senior in high school, and and it's you know was on the team the year before in baseball that had set the, the state record for number of home runs, and you know we had a great run, a great athletic program where I was in high school, uh, in baseball, and football, and all that being said, then all of a sudden I signed my national intent. I knew that the, a couple of professional scouts had been hanging around for a little while, and you know I get you know I got notified that, hey, the Reds were interested and want to take you in the draft if you decide you want to go that route. What are you going to do? And my mom at the time was sick with cancer. And um, let me collect myself here. Hmm. She simply just said that, uh, you know, I really really want you to get your education signed. You only have one opportunity to do it. And I was really the first person in my immediate family to have the opportunity to go to college to get the degree. I had an older half-brother that went, but he didn't get his degree. And uh, so all my point of that is is that my mother asked me to do something, and I love football, and I had the size, and I realized it was either drop 35 or 40 pounds, ride a, a bus in double-A baseball for a couple of years, be a kid that plays corner third or first, and might get an opportunity to play in the big someday. But, man, it just was a long shot. Or go to Ole Miss or one of the other schools that had offered. I had I had several offers. And make a decision, that's where I want to be. And, hey, don't have to lose any weight. Just get a little bit bigger and stronger, and you're going to be an offensive lineman. you got great speed. you got good feet. You can move. So that's how I ended up at Ole Miss, along with some great coaches. I played under Coach Billy Brewer, and Coach Robert Youngblood was my recruiting coach, and, and Coach Robert McGraw was was my position coach. And, you know, you look back over those years, and that's how I ended up at Ole Miss. You know, it's about those relationships. And those same relationships, those same relationships that, that, that are now that we try to preach to our people, our kids that we work with at National Scouting Report, don't worry about the name that's on the school. Don't worry about the color of the jersey. Which coach is it that you build a relationship with? Which coaches are communicating with you and telling you that they really would like to have you at their program? Be worried about the relationship because at the end of the day, it's going to be about that. Because you know what, a degree from wherever you get the degree from, and I know some people are going to argue what I'm about to say. The degree is just a degree. A, a, a biology degree is a biology degree from wherever you get it. It's the relationships along the way that make a difference. So I tell kids what we're trying to help them find their best place to go to college. Go where the relationship with the coaches is good. Go where you feel like it's a good fit for you athletically and academically and socially. There's a reason those coaches are asking those questions, because they want you to fit. So that's how I found myself at Ole Miss back in the day, and that's that's why it's important for us as MSR people, as scouts, when we're dealing with kids, is to help them find the best fit for them. Not necessarily the biggest school, but the best fit for them. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're either going to stay because they're happy, they made the right play, they're able to play, or they're going to be there thinking they made a bad decision. 
And, and you know, you get one opportunity to be recruited. That's it. You get one opportunity to be recruited out of high school. You got to do it right the first time. Got to get it right the first time. Did that, did that go down the? Did that go down the avenue, Elizabeth? You wanted to go down? Yes, absolutely. It's it's fascinating. Um, how, I just I find it fascinating the the story of of um, how you got to be where you are today. I I like. I, can you keep talking a little bit about how you got to to National Scouting Report? Well, how'd you get from several there? years ago? Yeah, 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 several years ago. I mean, I, but once I graduated college, I got in the secular world of work and. Uh, and while I was doing that, I was still coaching. I went to coaching. Uh, youth. Well, at Ole Miss, I had an opportunity after I broke my back. I broke my back in 1988 in three places. So my my playing career was cut um, at that point in time. I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to clear a, a NFL physical to go any further. I wouldn't be able to clear a physical to get back on the field. And so my playing career ended. So uh, Coach Brewer and the relationship there was kind enough to, to put me on a probably a student, what you consider today to be a student assistant. Or, but I worked in the recruiting side. I, I helped with the recruiting side when recruits would come in. Susan, my wife, was on that recruiting staff as well. Uh, ironically, she was there. She was also on that academic staff. She helped She helped kids with, with tutoring. You know, she she made that 36 out of 36 on the ACT in math back in the day. So that's the – if you ever wonder who the brains of the cable household is, she's the one. So at the end of the day um, – that's how I first got a touch of being around that environment then. So then we got into secular world working and had opportunity to work in youth sports in the community, you know, back where I was. I went to coaching baseball again and spent a lot of time doing that. And then, I don't know, um, eight, ten years, well, 15 years ago, we ended up in, in, in around Mobile, Alabama. And and uh, I've I'm, I'm, uh, gotten out of secular world. I'm doing uh, youth family ministry because I have a passion about helping kids in, in all areas of their life, not just athletics and academics, but but also spiritually and in their family life and, and those kind of things. And, and so here I am doing that as well and, and have the opportunity to get into coaching again and doing it at high school level at, at where our kids are, are going to school at, uh, uh, at a school down here in Mobile. And so got into coaching again and working on the football field there, being a part of that. And then I got involved with National Scouting Report. My wife uh, is the one that, that called me one day and she said, hey, uh, there's a there's a group that's at the time 25 years old that's been doing what you've been doing for kids for years, what we've been doing for kids for years, helping them get scholarships. I'm going to meet with them. And I just kind of, you know, I remembered who NSR was because they were around when I was going through the recruiting process back in 85, you know. And so, anyway, that's how we got into it. We got into it by just my wife pushing the button and saying, I want to do this. And then almost eight, nine, ten years later, however long it's been, we're here today helping kids, finding kids, uh, talking to college coaches every day, and and helping those student athletes get where they need to get, you know. And, And that's the reason... Families bring us into their life uh, is to be able to help them find the best fit collegially. Um, I, you know, and, and I don't want to make this. This show's about the process for football recruiting. I don't want. I don't want to get too bogged down in my story because my story is really insignificant when it comes to the, what we're really talking about. And that's talking about kids changing kids' lives and and doing what we do with that. Well, okay, then let's uh, let's segue over to. This whole thing about the different divisions in college football and there are different football scholarships tied into these divisions. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. I think that's a that's a that's something that most people really don't understand 
Dr. Jacobson. Let me let me talk a little bit about that just real quick. We have people don't realize this for the most part, but there are five major divisions of athletics in college. There's five major divisions. Three of those fall under the the umbrella of the NCAA or the NCAA. And that's NCAA Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Well, then you have another organized uh, body that sanctions athletics and oversees athletics uh, in the United States, and that's called the NAIA. So you have the NCAA that oversees Divisions One, Two, and Three of NCAA athletics. Then you have the NAIA, which also oversees four-year universities that have uh, athletic scholarships and academic scholarships for kids. And then you have the junior college systems, which is a two-year community college here in the United States. So those are the five major. There's also a sixth one that's really small. It hasn't really emerged much, but but it's coming, and that's a that's a national. It's a called an NCCAA. It's a National Christian College Athletic Association, and those, that's consists of some four-year schools that are Christian colleges, but but it's very small. So the the five major again falls under D1, D2, and D3. Now football specific, what people don't realize is there's 238. Division One football programs in the United States, 238. 119 of those are FBS Division One, which that's the that's the champion that that's the bowl series. That's the big universities, the big four-year universities. That's the Penn States, the Syracuse, the Rutgers, the UConn. That's that's Michigan State, Michigan, Oregon, Ohio State, Alabama. All the big Auburn, all the big school Oregon, all the big schools that you see playing on national television every single Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, and then you see them in the bowls. That's the Division One FBS, okay? Right below that, you have another set of Division One schools. They're called FCS schools. Those are Division One schools that are, there's 119 of them as well, and they have a football championship series. That's what FCS stands for. So what they do is they have a 2014 championship series at the end of the year, after the end of the regular season. Uh, they take the conference champions, and then they take about, I think, eight or ten uh, at-large bids, and they create a 2014 championship series that plays out over five rounds of football. And like yesterday, that was the that was the pinnacle. That was the championship game for FCS Division One uh, football. So you have those two levels. Now there's different scholarship counts in each one of those levels. At the FCS, at the FBS level, at the highest level, every one of those teams has 85 scholarships that they can have on the field each year. Period. Not 85 per year that they can hand out. A total of 85 that they can have on scholarship each year. Period. They can't sign more than 25 kids in any given year, not to ever exceed 85 total. Now, they're headcount scholarships. That means that every kid that receives a scholarship to play football at that university is a full scholarship. Room, fees, books, tuition, the whole deal. All that's there. Now, at the FCS level, those scholarships... It goes down a little bit. They're allowed to have 63. 63 total scholarships, not to exceed 105 players. So they can have 63 63 kids on scholarship full, 
or they can have a roster that's, that has more than that, but they can't exceed more than sixty-three total dollars. Whatever those, whatever that sixty-three scholarships is at that university, multiplied out by their total cost of going to college there, they can split that money up. So they could be headcount if they choose to, or they could be uh, they could be prorated or partialed. Okay. So one kid may be a full-ride uh, scholarship kid at an FCS school. Another kid may get a half. How important is your academics now? Sure. Very important. Because that, that school, yeah. absolutely, because that school now can backfill. If that kid's got a 25 ACT score, a 3.5 or better grade point average, that kid may end up with a 100% scholarship because the football team can, the football coach and then the coaching staff can put half in it and then that university may be able to put another half in it. And, of course, that's institutional-driven. Ever how the institutions are, you know, what they're, um, what they're able to give out according to their standards. That's Division One, and Division II. And then you have D3 schools, right? So that's Division One FCS and Division One FBS. Okay? Then you have, then you have your Division Two schools. Division Two schools are four-year universities, just like D1s. They have four-year programs. They have scholarships to offer, and they have athletic and academic scholarships that can be combined. At that level, at that level, believe it or not, your D2 programs only have 36 scholarships that they can that they can give. So they're splitting all of their scholarships just about. Now they may have a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver or a special gifted um, skilled kid that they need to put all the money in to, to all the scholarship money in to get. But for the most part, that kid. Uh, is going to be partial athletic. Now, again, how important are academics for that family? Very important, you know, in order for that, that school to give us some more money. Well, then you have D3 programs. D3 programs have athletic programs. They have football teams. Many of the D3 schools do. They do not offer athletic scholarships. So they fund their teams with very, very bright young men that have athletic, great athletic backgrounds that can play football in college, but they're using usually leadership scholarship or academic scholarships for those young men, and that's how that's who fills the team. If they don't use athletic, I'm sorry, academic or leadership scholarships, then that family's paying for that kid to be there. But at the D three level, there are no athletic scholarships. It's all leadership and academic driven. Then you have NAI schools. NAI schools, there's 24 scholarships that, that a, a football program can have mixed with academic money. So once again, how important are the academics of those kids that play at the NAI level? And then junior college is driven by the states. Uh, not every state has a junior college program that has football. And so uh, it, it's, uh, and even those institutions then uh, are state driven about how much money they give to those colleges or those schools from those, from those community colleges. So, uh, James, that's kind of the breakdown of the different levels. Um, and there's a pretty significant difference in athletic ability that's, that's taken to play at the D1 level as opposed to, to a kid that can play at the D2 level. And it, it just, uh, you know, it's, it's – um, and that's what families have got to understand, what young people have got to understand, that there's a definite box that guy that the coaches are looking for kids to fit into when they start talking about recruiting for, for the very highest programs in the country. Yeah, those wide receivers are tall, aren't they? <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'll tell you, that, that bigger, has changed bigger, you know, bigger, so much. They? Yeah, I mean, the, the, when you start looking at the kids that are playing wide receiver now, 
Those kids are six one to six five, and they all run four four to four seven forties. Um, you know, the days of a five eight five nine wide receiver that you know that runs four seven speed. You know, that's not the box of what a wide receiver plays at the largest Division One level. That's not what they're recruiting. And I know there's a lot of young people that may be listening or will, and parents are listening to, to my to my voice tonight say these things, and and you're going, well, my kid's got desire. My kid's different. My kid, Mom and Dad, your kid's like every other 1.3 million kids that fit in the same box. Uh, and the thing is, is we've got to find the right fit. There's a place for him to play. But you got to understand, it may not be at Michigan State, it may not be at Penn State, it may not be at Ohio State or or, or Rutgers, or you know, it may be at a small school somewhere. Let him live his dream. Let's get him somewhere where he can play and get and get his education paid for, if not part of it or all of it. But let's not put the pressure on him just because he doesn't fit in the box. He's got to play at Alabama. Let's don't take that dream away for a kid by telling them that they get they can only play at certain places. Build a dream up and let them understand they can play the game somewhere, but let's play it where they fit. And let's let them go somewhere where they can play. What about um, what about if a parent or a child is listening right now and, and they're maybe not in a place where football is super popular, but their child is excelling at football? Like, you know, they might have a team or whatever, and the kid's, and the kid's good and maybe shows promise to play in college, but it might not be like a, a really football popular high school or something like that. Um, you know, okay. football, you know, soccer's popular in different places. Base, you know, the schools are different all over the country. Um, yes. Can you get recruited if you live live or in a place where football's not popular or your high school team isn't, you know, on TV or whatever? Is it still possible to get recruited? The answer to your question is it's all about exposure and it's all about having the right uh, – it's all about having the right person involved in assisting you to get where you need to get. I'm going to share a story with you, um, and I'm not going to say the name of the young man or the university, but I will say that it's a Southeastern Conference University that plays for championships every year. And this young man, I got a phone call from his coach. He played at a small school here in Alabama, um, a very rural school. Uh, I mean, a school where there was there were 18 to 21 kids in his graduating high school class. Private school. They're good football, but very very small. This kid, this kid was six foot five. Uh, the story goes like this: I'm I'm driving home from doing an NCAA recruiting seminar uh, at a high school. I get a phone call from a coach. The coach says, "Hey, I've, I've got this kid. I need you to look at." I can't get. He's a sophomore. He just finished his sophomore year. He's six foot five. He's two hundred fifteen pounds. He runs a legitimate four six forty. He's telling me all these things about this kid that just sound amazing. And I'm going, well, I'll get with you. You know, let me let me drive home. I got a four hour drive. Let me get back to Mobile, Alabama. Let me get some rest. I'll give you a call. No, no, I need you to meet with me in the morning at eight o'clock. This family needs help. I can't get anybody to look at this kid, and the reason was is he was in a he was in a place where, I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere. Raise your arm and put your finger in the middle of your armpit, and that's where you found this this city. It was in the middle of nowhere. It's horrible, okay. And I know that the, the people listening up on the East Coast here, I mean, they're they're tuning in tonight, Elizabeth, just to hear my 
Southern English. I'm telling you, that's the reason they're tuning in tonight. I don't know how much they're getting out of this, but, but they're just listening to that, okay? okay. But the bottom line is is that I, I went the next morning and I met, and I told the coach, I said, look, that means i got to spend the night in a hotel somewhere tonight, and I'm, I'm going to be four hours from my family. I've been gone for two days, and you're, okay, if he's not six foot five, he doesn't weigh 220 pounds like you told me he does, you're paying for my hotel accommodations, buddy, okay? He's like, because I get that all. Parents call me, coaches call me, high school coaches, oh, this kid's this, he's that. And I get there and look at him, and, I, and look, I'm not looking him in the eyeball, so I know he's not six foot four, okay? If you can't look me in the eye, you're not six four. So I get there next morning. Y'all, he is a, first time I said y'all, he is a specimen. This kid looks like Cam Newton all over again. He looks like he just, well, he looks, he was awesome. He was every bit of 6'5". He was every bit of 220 pounds. I watched five plays on his reel, highlight reel. I told him to shut the video off. I asked the family. I asked the young man, which was a sophomore, had 2,400 all-purpose yards in his sophomore year at quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Wherever they could put the ball in his hand, he had all this yardage. Escorted him out of the room, looked at the coach, and I said, where does he want to play? I can't get anybody on him. I said, Coach, I'm going to turn your world into a circus. Now, four months later, I start working with family, gets me involved, gets NSR involved. Four months later, every Southeastern Conference school, save one, several schools out of the Big Ten all showed up for spring practice at this little wow. bitty place, which means they had to fly somewhere – they had to fly into to an airport 70 miles away, rent a car, and drive. Wow. Okay? All that means, you asked me a question, I told you where we bought our steel to build the watch. The bottom line is this. If the kid has skill set and somebody that can use the right avenue of where coaches trust the people that are giving them the information, the kid can go somewhere and play. Let me share a statistic with y'all, and I will tell you the name of the school. The University of Alabama receives, the football coaching staff at Alabama receives three to 4,000 emails every week from high school coaches, from kids, and from parents that are sending them film and emails about their kids, trying to get those kids looked at by those coaches. Do those coaches receive... How many? Three to four thousand. Wow. There's no one looking at those videos. Now you gotta understand what does that mean? That means that kids that can't play at that level and this goes on at every school. I just picked the University of Alabama because of the conversation I had with the coaches there. Okay? Kids are they're sending their film to places that they, that they don't need to send it to. Parents are sending their information out places, and their high school coaches are sending it to places. They're bogging down the system, and those coaches at the collegiate level are only looking at film and talking to kids that they get from a trusted source. They got to have somebody help them through the process. Now let's back up. That doesn't mean that the only way to get a scholarship is to, is to be have someone like that's got to report be a part of your life. That's not what I'm saying. 
if you want the best opportunities, that's that's probably what I'm saying. Because it, it, some kids are going to get those opportunities because they're at the right school, at the right location, at the right time, with the, with a coaching staff at a college that's got the right need. Okay, so that's the cap. What's the percentages again for everybody that took notes earlier tonight? Four and a half to five percent, one percent, and one half of one percent. And there's a bunch of parents on the on the, on on this show tonight listening that are going to say, "Well, my kid's that one half percent." Awesome. And I'm going I'm going I'm going to have to say, "No, he's not. He can play somewhere." He's got great grades. He's a good kid. He's got good integrity. He's got good character. He's a good athlete. But let's go find the right box to fit him in because he may not be able to fit the box you think he can fit at. Somebody's got to give you that assessment. Somebody's got to be honest with you, and somebody's got to be honest with that young man so that he can live out his dream. Do you think kids sometimes have a more accurate assessment of their skills and ability than their parents do? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you this example. Um, my children know what we do for a living, obviously. My son, I would say, hey, Jordan, I'm going to go talk to so-and-so. Oh, he's a baller, Dad. He can go. That kid can play. I'll ask him, hey, Jordan, what do you think about so-and-so? Oh, Pops. Uh, <laughs> I, like I, I don't know. I don't know, Dad. I, I really don't know, man. I mean, not that he can't play. It's just that, you know, and so I have to, not that he's the, the where all are, but yes, kids, kids understand where they fit. Kids, kids have a great assessment of their own abilities. It's sometimes the parents and the coaches, we get a little delusional on occasion. And we can't do that. It's not fair to our kids. So what would you say uh, about uh, the, the the website that you've got? I mean, I was looking over, and it looks like there's a lot of a lot of good stuff there. Would, would you, uh, is there particular things that that people or hopefuls can like go to the website and look at and, and get some knowledge and information? You know, I think I think the best thing to do for for if we have somebody that that, that wants to be, that wants a true evaluation, and that's one of the things we do. We will evaluate kids. We'll evaluate the the, the film, the person in person. We have a We'll have someone personally involved with this to, to give you a true assessment of what what the kid is all about. So we call it an athletic and, and a, an academic evaluation. And we do those things either in person or by phone after we've had a chance to evaluate the kid on film. We're the only organization, I'm going to repeat this, we're the only organization in the country that does this the right way. We will evaluate a kid in person or on film before we'll ever talk to the parent about the recruiting process for that kid. How in the world can I talk to you about your child's recruiting if I haven't seen them play and know what kind of what kind of athlete they are? You can't. You just can't. My suggestion is this: get evaluated. We have 150 scouts all over the country. We have one somewhere near you, at least within three or four hours. And and that you go to what you do is you go to nsr-inc.com forward slash athletes, and that's www n s r hyphen i n c dot com forward slash athletes. We call it a scout me form. It's actually called a get recruited form. You fill that out. You submit it in. One of our guys somewhere in the field is going to come out. Well, first of all, they're going to do is they're going to contact you. They're going to contact the parents of the athlete. 
they're going to ask for film or ask for, uh, if you've got video, they're going to ask you when your next practice is. They're going to ask you when your next game is. They're going to find out about you. They're going to know about what your grade point average will be and what's your, hey, what's your, what's your handle it on Twitter? What are, you, what are you on Facebook? So they can look at We're going to evaluate you first and give you a true assessment of what you are as an athlete in order to help you. Elizabeth, does it sound familiar? You're, you've been through the process. Your family has. Very much so. And the thing I liked about it more than anything is um, I think it was a really good gauge of the child's heart and drive and, and motivation and interest rather than ours at all because it's not my life. It's it's a child's life. And I've got four boys. And, you know, they're all very different, four teenage sons, and they're all very different. And one is very interested in baseball. and But it's it's not my life. It's not my baseball career. It's not my college that I'm going to go to. I've I've been to college, and so I thought yeah. it was so cool that 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 he, the chat was really with him, not us. We were, you know, we were involved That's a little it. bit, but you know, not not. I just thought it was so neat. I thought the process was very neat. Let me let me share one la- one story with you. I don't know how how we're doing on time, but I want to share this yeah, story. This happened. We're yeah, go ahead. Okay, several years ago, I, got, I, I it was back when I had one of those blueberry, blackberry, whatever kind of berry phones those things were back in the day, the little red light with dash, you know, and I, that told me I had a text message or an email somewhere. I'm you know, pretty high tech for a country boy. So I'm sitting there seeing this. I read it. Here's what it said to me. Coach Cagle, I've got a young man that plays for me that's six foot three. He's 215 pounds. He runs a 4'6", He's thrown for 7,700 yards in his career here at my high school. He's got a, uh, let's see, a 350-pound bench, a 495-pound uh, squat. He's accounting for 91 touchdowns in his career while playing for me. I can't get anybody on him to recruit him. I really need your help. As you know, it's already first week of December. He's already played his last game of high school as a senior. His career's over, people. I get a phone call. I call the coach. I say, Coach, tell me about the kid. He tells me everything about the kid. Y'all, that is a stereotypical, that's a prototypical Division One quarterback numbers and, and height and speed and everything, arms, I mean, everything. So I figured I had him. I said, look, what's his grade point average? I figured that's the reason nobody's on him. Coach, is a 3.8. Now I'm confused. So I think I'm going to get him with the, with the acid test. What's the ACT or the SAT score? I'm figuring that the parents and the teachers have been giving this kid the golden pen. Send him to the class. He's probably a good kid. Everybody wants him to be a hometown hero. Coach, he's got a 28 ACT score. Dr. Jacobson, Elizabeth, I'm sitting there driving down the road. I'm confused. I've got a D1 talent. I've got D1 grades. I've got great grades. In fact, academically, kid can get academic scholarships in a lot of places. As a joke, I said to the coach on the phone, and I'll never forget, I said, Coach, (laughs) then what the deal is, man, is he he just ugly as homemade sin and he's got a third eye growing out of his head and nobody (laughs) wants him on the campus because he's going to scare all the women and children? What's the deal? And I laughed a little bit, and the phone was silent. And I could hear out upset the coach. He was crying. And I said, Coach, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I was trying to make light of a, of a very confusing situation. And he says, Coach, what I didn't tell you was not only do I coach him, but he's my son. 
I said, Coach, I got one of those. And mine was young at the time, Elizabeth. But I got one of those. I said, Coach, what were you thinking? How long have you been coaching him? He says, I've been coaching for 15 years. We're coaching his entire career. And we were thinking if we were good enough and with my connections as a coach, oh, I could get him something. Here's the moral to the story. Being good enough is not good enough. Mamas and daddies and coaches, they may be able to help you. Do they really have the connections that it really takes to get this thing done the way it needs to be done? And the answer is probably not. They have a half percent chance or a one percent chance or a four and a half percent chance. But when I'm involved, it's about a 96% success rate. That's my story. Well, I got to tell you, just hearing you talk, I, I'm sure, I, I believe you. Go ahead, listen. Yeah, absolutely. Did that child ever get um, signed, or was it? We, we weren't able to personally help the child because of the time frame it was in. Uh, yeah. Because he was a, because I knew a little bit more about the coach, we were able to help them get to the right place uh, and get a coach on them and receive some academic scholarship, and, and the kid went on to play at the Division One, small Division One level. Um, but that was the, that. Yes, it was about helping the kid at that point in time. As a, if you're a senior in high school and and you're listening to this, and your dream is to play football or or maybe another sport, and and um, you want to play at a D1 level, and you're a senior right now, and you have not um, heard from a college that signed you or anything like that. Um, it's not going to happen, right? I mean, how does that work with the timing and stuff like that? Yes. If you're a senior, if I hear a lot of times, well, somebody will see me. Somebody will see me no. play. I really want to play. Somebody will see me somewhere. No, no. Uh, here's the bottom line. If, 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 if kids, if football athletes are not hearing from college coaches and talking to the coaches directly in the one time between April 15th and May 31st of their junior year, the coach can call them one time. In their junior year, between eight, but they can if they've been seen by those coaches, the coaches can can they can you know these kids are talking to these coaches as early as freshman sophomore year because it's not a violation of NCAA rules for those kids to be calling those coaches. And when those coaches want to talk to those kids, those kids somehow get those cell phone numbers for those coaches, and those coaches will take those phone calls from those kids because they can't initiate the call until their junior year. The coaches can't initiate their call until their junior year between April 15th and May 31st. They're allowed one phone call to that. If you're a junior right now and you're getting to April the, April the 15th and you're not talking to coaches now as a junior, you're late. Okay. Somebody needs to, You need to talk to somebody. If you're a senior right now, there's no scholarship opportunities left for you. If you haven't talked to a large Division One school, now some FCS schools, there may still be some opportunity there, but it's going to be very, very, your time, your window is vastly approaching. February the 4th is National Signing Day, the first day of signing period. It's swiftly coming. So if you're a senior, get, get reach out to somebody, reach out to an NSR scout, talk to them a little bit, put, put some them into a scout me form, let somebody just talk to you. If there's somebody, if something we can do to help you, we will. If there's not, we may at least give you some advice on some things you can do. Yep. If you're a and junior question, and you're already, if you're, if you're not already talking to coaches, it's time you do something. Yeah. 
the other question I had, um, if you're a, a freshman listening to this, and we'll let you go here because I know we're running out of time, but if you're a freshman, let's just say listening to this, do colleges offer camps and opportunities like that like they do in baseball for kids yes. to go there, go to the school and go to a football camp and, and be seen and all that? That kind of exposure. That's a great. That's a great question. And let me tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make another statement here about camps. The only camps that kids need to go to, and listen, to what I'm saying is, is prospect camps and camps on university campuses with college coaches there to evaluate them in person. Combines and camps and all these other things for football. Combines and camps and those kind of things, unless there's going to be a scout there that's going to be able to help get that information out to the coaches. If a college coach is not present, you don't want to go. But, yes, in football, they have camps for prospects and they have camps for campers. As a freshman, it's okay to be going to camps as a camper. As a sophomore, junior, and prior to your senior season, you want to be invited to those camps. You want, to be, you want the coaches inviting you to those camps. And that's the big deal is getting the invitations. That's part of what we do at NSR is trying to help our kids get those get those very valuable invitations. Okay, and then real quick before we go, um, could you define what a questionnaire is also for people listening who might not be familiar with what a questionnaire is? I may say that wrong too. My Midwest there's my Midwest accent. My kids correct me on that word. That, I can't say listen, that right. That's okay. That's okay. A questionnaire is a it's actually a document. It's usually a trifold single piece of paper. Uh, in the co- in the colors of the university that it comes from, they'll have questions on the front and and of it, and then usually it's just the the, the backside is just the you fold it back in and and put you know put the tape on it and send it back off. The questionnaire is strictly a, it's, it's an information from the athletic department. The coaches have sent it out. Now there's several types of questionnaires that everybody needs to understand about. A lot of a lot of kids go online. They fill an online questionnaire. Well, well kids, listen to me, parents. You and 16 million other kids did that, too. You went to University of Alabama or Ohio State University's questionnaire on their website. You filled it out and sent it in just like everybody else. There's nothing that separates that. There's no specialty to it. It goes into the same place that all those video emails did that were sent in that weren't recognized. If you receive a questionnaire in the mail from a college coach, that means that one of two things, if you received it and there's a marking somewhere on it, a set of initials, uh, 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 a color dot, something that, that, that indicates when it's mailed back in that it goes to a certain person, that means that coaches and staff has sent it to you specifically and you're getting it and they hope to get it back so it gets to the right coach. If you've gotten one that was part of a blanket questionnaire that was sent out, um, it may be that the, the, the college coach was in the was in the coach's office at high school with uh, had a handful of questionnaires and said, hey, hand this out to you, you know, your top five kids so they could get those kids on a mailing list and start inviting them to their camp. Um, but not as a prospect, but as their camper camp. And, and I'm confusing people now. If you don't know the difference between a camper camp and a prospect camp, send us some information into us so we can explain that to you. It's a big deal. If you're a camper, you're paying for, for camp and you're helping uh, boost the, the income of the, of the guys running the camp. If you're a prospect, you're there to be evaluated. So there are there are those things. Did I answer the question, Elizabeth? Yeah, I I think perfectly. And um, I know we need to let you go for on time wise. And I think it's been a, a really helpful show for for kids and parents and family members and everybody to just get a 
a more clear understanding of what it's like to play college football and be recruited and and, uh, and everything that you've talked about here. Dr. Walter, did you have any last questions? No, no, not really. I just want to say, wow, you, the, the information you provided, the enthusiasm, the, given the pointers, the, the ethics, uh, the, the clarity, uh, it's fantastic, and we thank you very much for uh, for sharing your knowledge today. Yeah, well, thank you so I much. To, uh, Life changer. Let me say this on behalf of Ashley Scott and uh, Elizabeth, to, to your show, Dr. Shakers, y'all show here, uh, the best ever you. We are very much thankful and, and humbled at the opportunity to, to just be a part of, of your program. And as a group, as a company, uh, we're humbled each day by the opportunity to help kids and to help them get to where they want to, to help them to achieve the goals in their life. But a special thank you to both of you for having us on the show, and uh, and for and for putting up with with you know a guy that's really passionate about helping kids and, and our guys in the field. And, and Elizabeth, you've experienced it. You 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 know Brendan Kennedy. You know how he feels about right. helping kids. We have yeah. those guys all over the United States, and they're awesome. Our people are the best. And uh, get to know a National Scouting Report guy near you. They're they're amazing people. I'm your family, really. So thank you it, again it, for having it, us. We, yeah, we are. We are. Yeah, it's uh, it's really a, it's an interesting relationship. It'll just it continues to grow no matter what. And I just I um yeah I I just so wholeheartedly believe in NSR whether I have a a child in it or not. I just I think it changes people's lives. I think it's just awesome, and I love the ethical component about it, and um and about college af- athletics just all of the pieces that go together to form this student athlete are are bigger than just yeah. ability. Three things happen when we get involved with a kid. And I know we're running on time here, but yeah. you need to hear this, and you've probably seen this in your own house. Three things happen when we get involved with a kid because now all of a sudden they realize that there's an avenue to get to their dream. They They, they understand there's a path. Here's what we see. Their work ethic on the field improves they want they want to go to practice they want to they want to play they want to go to the weight room they want to get bigger stronger and better so their ethic their work ethic and their desire burns hotter than it's ever burned second their grades get better they they understand because we preach and teach to them the, the need of academic success and academic excellence so we see improvement in their in their in the classroom Thirdly, I get a phone call every month from a parent that says, this kid is a different kid around the house. Yep. I'm getting respect. I'm getting, there. it's yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. It's whatever you need, mom, whatever you need, dad. And the reason is this. That kid realizes that you as a parent went out of your way to continue to support them, to help them realize their dream. That's a big deal. So those three things we see often. I think we're going to end on that note because it's it's just so um, important. I I just those three things. We're just going to say it like that. Those three things. <laughs> so I'm, going to, I'm going to write thank that. Thank you all in a, for. I, I guess I, I guess you need to get things. me off the line. So thank you all so much for having us, and and uh, I look forward you. to talking to you again. And thanks to Susan also, and thank you to your family um, for giving us you for an hour to to help more people. We really appreciate it. And Dr. Walter, mm-hmm. thank you. Appreciate oh, thank you. Too. An- yeah, another thank you another so great much. show. 
Yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We do not have any shows this week other than this one, so we are going to promote this show all week long. It'll be a lot of fun, and I know Blog Talk Radio is behind us, too, so should be good, and we should um, spread the word about college football recruiting. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and um, I guess I can't say which team I want to win tomorrow, so I'll just be quiet. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.